Alright, do you, do you guys see it yet? It's 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 recording now, but it'll pop up in a second. Yes. Five, four, three, two, one. Fuck! What is wrong with you? <laughs> I do that shit so we can count it down and edit it. Fuck off. But then we never do it. We never Oh, edit. and welcome to the Barcast for the bar where the bar gets lower every week. Around town. God damn it. This week, your bartenders for this evening will be a non-pencil. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Milk. Yeah. Enigmatic Otaku. I taught someone something today. Final Warfare. I shake twice, but when no one's looking, I shake three times. Ravage. Hello. <laughs> My name's Flutterpiece. This week, we have a very special guest to continue Equestria Daily Month! Because that's the thing, and we, we're doing it, and we're almost done. Kind of. His name is Pascoite. Pascoite, thank you for joining us this week. Well, thank you for having me. I look forward to a very cultured discussion. <laughs> oh, yes, we're only sophisticated here. Um, for, those of the, for those of you who are just tuning in to the Barcast for the first time, I'm sorry. Also, <laughs> we are a user-submitted podcast where you ask for the guests, we get them, and then you ask the questions, and we make them miserable for two hours. It's true. We have a whole slew of user-submitted questions out on our official Film Fiction group. And, uh, of course, we're streaming live right now on Twitch. You can go ahead and ask questions there into our chat, and it will appear on the screen. And, of course, the lovely Anon Pencil will field those questions and ask them to our guests if they are deemed appropriate. Pencil, what is an example of a question that you will not ask our guest? Well, the tradition has always been don't ask the guest about their penis, but I'm getting the feeling that Pascoite can handle this shit. So, um, really, follow the rules. Don't ask about religion or politics or age or anything like that. Um, but other than that, you know what? You know what? If you want to ask about penises, today is a penis day. We've talked about penises so much already. Let's talk about penises. It so is indeed penis a, inspection day. Ask anything you'd like. And we have a drinking word. Don't we, Milk? Milk. Like, I've completely Well, the well, drinking word is, well. Oh. Yeah. Well then, <laughs> pick up your pick up your drinks. It's Saturday. Uh, let's get stupid drunk and ask somebody respectable questions. Of course. So let's jump into actual interview questions. Woo. Um, Pascoite, pass. Pabsy. Uh, no, I'm scratch that. Cut that out of the video. Who are you, and what have you done for the fandom? Well, I've written a crap ton of stories. In, in metric units, that is. And I've been an Equestria Daily pre-reader since oh, summer 2012. And I've helped lots and lots and lots of people doing private reviews when they want help with their stories. So I have a lot of fun doing that, and I still do it. Awesome. Are there any stories that you've reviewed, helped with, that you are personally proud of? Uh, I, yeah. Is he still here? Did he cut out? Oh no. Uh oh. Hap a lot with uh, Lilies of the Field, which was just featured on Seattle's Angels today. Hmm. And I stuck with all of the uh, the Bioshock crossovers that Gap Jaxie did. That took forever. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Well, um, I will add uh, a couple of these to the groups. You can find them if you go to the Barcast. The highlighted stories for guests. 
And while we're picking up um, other highlighted stories for guests, uh, if someone would like to start reading your fan fiction, what would you suggest? Ah, uh, the I find it interesting. You know, years later, when I go back to read old stories, and I, there are plenty of authors there that hate to go back and read their old work. I actually kind of like to, but it's interesting to me which ones I don't care to read anymore. The ones I like the best of my own, uh, my favorite too, which I'd have a hard time picking between them. One's called Ambergris. <gasps> it's a uh, Adagio Dazzle redemption story. I know the story. Her. That's, that's the one I most find myself going back to read. And my favorite on the other lighthearted side is one called Dinkin' Donuts. That one was really fun. Oh, I love that one. And oh, the other two I probably like best are uh, there's there's a dark one called uh, In Bloom, and a sad one called If Memory Serves. Cool. That's one with uh, is that that's one with Rarity, right? Yes, yes. Excellent. Rarity has a guest visiting her for tea. Dude, I know a lot of your stories. I'm finding out. Pascoite's horse famous. Yeah, <laughs> Um, so, uh, next question, uh, how did you get into the fandom? Well, I, everyone take a drink. Uh, <laughs> I, for some reason I used to hang out on cheeseburger.com. They had a lot of pony memes on there and I thought that they were just stupid things that people were actually posting and making fun of the show. And then it turned out a lot of the jokes were actually from the show. So, hey, it's not just people being funny. The show's actually funny. So I gave it a shot, and I was hooked. That was uh, between seasons one and two. So I season one and then was there for the season two premiere. Cool. Uh, next question. Uh, what is your favorite part of our little fandom? The online community, fanfics, cons, music, art? I like the fanfic side of things because that's really the main one that I actually... But it's kind of sad to see the fanfic community winding down these days because there was a time where there was a huge support structure in place and there were people would go to pony chan and drop their stories off there for review and there was a crew of people who would all read your story give you feedback and just huge number of people all supporting each other and there's still a lot of that that goes on but it's kind of hard to find and on a case-by-case -case basis there's not a really big organized place to do that anymore and all these review groups that used to exist like right they're kind of gone now yeah i can totally feel you there that's why we're trying to do this whole kind of bar cast thing to kind of inject a little life and help some real horses and shit like that you know how it is yes anyway uh next question if there is one thing you could say to your followers, your fans, what would it be? Uh, it would have to be that thank you very much for even reading my stuff because I'm not a trained author by any means. And it just it amazes me the absolute number of people that are around here that you post a silly pony story online and hundreds of people come by to read it. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling. And is there anything you'd say to your haters? Uh, well, I don't... You can't take anything personally here. Uh, I don't know of too many specific people that just kind of hate stuff I write just because I'm the one who wrote it. So I don't even interact with those people. 
Smart. I'm not sure who my haters are. Don't feed the Paris sprites. Wow. What? <laughs> that, we, we went back into cheeseburger.com for a minute here. I get to say an old meme. It's okay. Fine. Anyway, uh, so Fine. we have one final act. Did you just call me a loser? No. Okay. Uh, it, so it was to toothpaste tube. It's got kind of rhymes with loser. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> that's what I said. Uh, okay, so final question. Uh, and this one's a doozy. Uh, oh, we said good. we weren't going to get political, and we lied. It's okay. So deep breath. Fine. We'll, we'll be over in a second. <sighs> Who is best pony? Rarity. You shut your dirty mouth. We've got a lot of rarities, like a lot of rarities. I like her the best because I find her to be the most complex and the, therefore the most realistic. Now I she was shallow. <laughs> well, she can be. There's something that I, and you'll love this, there's something I call the butt test, and it's not mm -hmm. what you're thinking. Damn it. If, this applies to fan fiction as well. If you're going to describe a character in just a few sentences, how many times do you have to use the word but to get out? So for her, there's a lot of internal contradictions. She's very generous, but she can be selfish at times. She's, you know, loves good fashion, but she's not above helping her friends out, things like that, to where well, characters have know. these internal contradictions. The more you have, the more interesting a character it is. Well, you know I, what? I, I, I agree. I, I would use but a lot for rarity. I agree with that. But at the same time, me being who I am, now I can't stop thinking about a fanfic that someone is probably going to make now called The Butt Test. <laughs> they probably will. And, you know, I, I come up with very bad story ideas all the time. And I pitch them oh. to Present Perfect. And <laughs> he says, yeah, that's a bad idea. I don't want it. <laughs> then I go, yes. Then I go pitch them to either uh, Majin, Majin, yes, oh, or to um, Princess Deluxe Magnum. Oh, Deluxe Magnum's cool. Yes. Uh, if you pick up these terrible ideas, I'm still waiting on Majin to write like four of them. <laughs> Majin is such a sweetie too. He is. Yeah, I pitched four great ideas to him. I'm just waiting. Come on, Majin, write them. Well, if you ever get impatient. <laughs> Waves hand urgently. I'm over yeah, here. You know yeah, what? Well, if you want to write, I'll give you one of these ideas right now. Majin likes this one. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, in, in Daring Done. Okay. Okay. In Daring Done, they made some sort of a reference to recent Paris Sprite damage in Philadelphia. Well, oh. back in season one in Swarm of the Century, town. Celestia was supposed to stop by, but she did not stay there very long because she said she had to go take care of a parasprite infestation in Philadelphia. Has this been going on for six years? Oh, shit. Priest, you're never going to finish off as love, are you? Probably never. <laughs> no. Fuck it. That's also assuming that the time between each season is one year, or each season lasts one year. So, Even oh. then, it's been a while. It's been a fucking while, no matter how you're going I mean, I mean, it's, it's it, at least been a it, couple. It's at least been a couple. Yeah. Cadence did not just wake up one, day, one night and vomit up Flurry Heart. 
<laughs> yeah, she vomited it. That's how babies are made, Enigma. It's okay. Well, well, vomiting is vomiting can mean many things, but um, I guess it depends where she vomited it from. I mean, do you yeah. shut your mouth? <laughs> I do not want to think about vagina vomiting. We call that a prison. Uh, There's one for you, priest. An old toothpaste tube. <laughs> oh, dude, the toothpaste is just gonna keep well, coming back, isn't it? Once the umbilical cord slipped out of her, did she ch shake twice? Do we need to oh, explain yes. this no. joke before we reference it like ten times on this cast? No, we don't. No, no, no. we don't. And also, Enigma, the umbilical cord doesn't just kind of come out of the mom on its own. Like, where do you think ha that happens? Like, you think the umbilical cord just comes out of the woman and sits there like flopping around like a hose or something, Enigma? It is. Yeah. Have you ever seen one of those fire hoses that are thrashing around and you got to wrestle with the ball? The baby loses all of its fluids. The doctor, the doctor grabs it and has to tie it into a knot. No, Pretty the much, umbilical, yes. the umbilical yeah. cord is actually there. So when the baby sees its mom, it can choose whether to hang itself or not. Oh! Oh my god! Okay, let's well, move on then. before this gets worse. Before We're gonna worse. move on. Holy mm. shit. I had I had a train of thought. Oh, I'm going to politely decline your story idea. Okay. Chat um, oh. Penguin Lips has the very first question, and it says, what is your funniest anecdote, Pascoite? So, like, um, a story you would tell at a bar to make people laugh. Pretty much. Uh, anecdote. Now, I, he didn't restrict that to pony-related anecdote, I oh, see. Oh, it he did not. anything. He did not. Well, okay. Pony one. There's there's always anecdotes when you're around Seth, just because he's he's random and he won't remember stuff he does the next day. I can so fully understand. Yes. So frequently we'll be in chat with him and he'll just say something random. Oh, I'm gonna go do this, and then he's gone to do it. Like one day he said, Oh, it's hailing outside. I've always wondered what it's gonna feel like to get hit <laughs> by hail. So he goes outside, <laughs> and ten minutes later he comes back and says it would be that's death for you oh man no i i totally feel you um so uh slight aside we did have seth scheduled for next week kind of he yeah, said he said oh weeks, yeah right? no let's let's do it like uh, i i hit him at the beginning of the month like is this gonna work like is this day gonna work he goes oh, i don't know hit me up next week and then he goes oh, i don't know hit me up next week I don't know. Hit me up next week. So it's like yesterday, and I go, "Does next week work?" And he goes, "Oh, it turns out I'm gonna be in Cali next week." It's like, "Holy shit! How do you not know if you're gonna go on a trip?" Uh, yeah, that's the way he works. But it's all good. We've got him for two weeks out. Next week we have seventh heaven. Anyway, I was like, "Priest, priest, are you just like talking trash about one of our future guests?" No, I'm not talking trash at all. Just like I totally understand and. We've had other Equestria get, uh, Daily people on before that are like, oh, you got to ask Seth what his scheme is this month and stuff like that. Ask him what ponies he's in currently infatuated with because the list changes daily. It, you know, wait, oh, so it's not Trixie all the time. Oh, no, no, no. No, it, oh, years past, it would be for a week, oh, Celestia is so great. And then the next week, I just love Twilight. And then Lyra. <laughs> Right yeah. now, let's see. He has just disavowed Vapor Trail. Man, he just goes through waifus like it's nothing. Well, through <laughs> it all, like there's always trip. Trixie, and through it all, there's always Sweet Velvet. You know, you, from all his antics I'm hearing, you guys kind of describe him like Kramer. 
Uh, that's probably not too far from the truth. <laughs> Except probably wow. the whole racism part. But Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Moving on. Thank you, Flam. <laughs> we have questions from Tumair, who starts by saying, Boop. questions for no, no, Phaedo no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Priest, what? how does the past white respond to the boop? Oh, I didn't quite hear the boop. Can you do that again? Boop. Yeah, that's the spot. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> no, shake that's... furiously. Two now shakes, we... that's all. Now we <laughs> take, have... Take two, they're small. We have a question <laughs> for Phagocyte. Phagocyte? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Kind of a yes. disease-causing cell now? That's phagocyte, it does. Uh, number one, what is your fetish? It's okay, you're among friends here. We won't, asterisk, it actually means will, judge you yes. for being turned on by the thought of a filly getting pregnant and fucking the fetus while it's being born. That's an incredibly specific, I won't mock you for that thing. Hmm. I don't, I can't say I actually have a fetish. I stay away from the clop side of the fandom, really. Not because I think it's immoral or something it just doesn't interest me mm. so it's kind of fun naive sense and so i just don't gravitate toward the side of the fandom that does that but i mean then some of my favorite of my own stories are really sad and dark things so yeah we didn't see that so, coming. I so call you're not a complete ned flanders uh, pencil calls bullshit <laughs> i call bullshit on you not having a fetish everyone has the fetish even if somebody's <laughs> like you know what my fetish is I like brown hair. Like everybody has a fetish. It's even if it's something subtle and small. Maybe your fetish is missionary position sex, sweet and loving with somebody who you care about. Like oh. you gotta have something. Either that or or maybe you're asexual, in which case your fetish is not having sex. So there you go. Well, if if we're I took the the question at first to I mean within pony within the confines oh. of pony. Oh, so I... that's more reasonable. I was like, no, no, you don't get to say I don't have a fetish. No one does that. <laughs> well, nothing too too out there. Uh, I gotta say I like thigh highs. There you go. Thigh hey, man of good taste. All right. <laughs> Next question. I remember a guy at my old job, we, we would have discussions like this over lunch. And uh, you like them with or without the garter belts. I said, without, he said, damn right. <laughs> oh, okay. Number two, what's your all-time favorite collection of horse words? That's not a great question for me just because I don't read that much. Ooh. I get it. Yes. Ah, you, would, you would think so, right? No, I, in the last four years, I have probably read fewer than 10 stories just because I wanted to. I am kept so busy by all the stuff that gets sent into Equestria Daily. I, I just don't even have time to do that. So if I'm going to pick a story I really like, it's it's going to be one that was sent in. It's not going to be one that someone recommended to me and I read just for the heck of it. So that's uh, actually really interesting. When you say that you've read maybe 10 over the course of the last four years, it's not because you've only, you've only read 10 stories, but because you oh. don't consider the Equestria Daily stories that you've read to be like reading for enjoyment. Read because I have to. And I do end up enjoying a fair number of them. It kind of sticks in my mind. 
and just for one particular reason, there's a story that Present Perfect wrote called uh, So Her Legacy Will Endure. It's that story, it's kind of show tone. It's not the kind of thing you read and you're just wowed by how, how powerful it is and how elegant the wording is, but I thought it was a great study in characterization. He has a twist in it as one of the sidekicks and Marigold, and I forget who the third girl is, but he gives them all these great little personality quirks and they they come right off the page it's it was very interesting to read that i enjoyed it a lot cool number three either adopt scootaloo or any other affiliate cult of your choice and stay single forever or marry waifu pwn but never adopt or conceive i'm not a big kid person i do have one but i would probably be a whole lot better off with Marry the pony waifu and never have kids, then take on a kid and not ever marry. Hmm. Okay. Number four. Hi. There. How are you doing? You can come closer. Whoa. <laughs> oh. Diddly. You channeled like a really creepy Mr. Rogers there, and I didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hi there, neighbor. Exactly, <laughs> holy shit. You can come into my house now. Don't worry, you can sit on the couch. I don't mind. Hero, he's a great saintly man. Don't you dare ruin him for me. Would you like to follow the trolley into the basement? Fucking stop! That's oh, man. That's Number drive. five! Number five! Fred in Equestria. In Equestria. He had reputation for being nasty to the neighbor's kids where he really lived. Oh, don't, don't do this to me. Don't, I guess he really did enjoy them having them as neighbors then. Guys, <laughs> we are ruining a childhood icon again. That is my job. Next, you're gonna tell me. Next, well, here, here, I've got one for you. Did you know? No, he was a marine sniper. He was not. Stop what? This. No, he was not. I, I no. He actually wasn't. This is a rumor that is spread about him that I've seen over and over. It was like, yeah, he's covered in tattoos. He was fucking not. <sighs> anyway. Next, you guys are going to tell me that Zabumafu ripped the face off someone. Probably. <laughs> I think that was just a creepypasta that someone wrote. Anyway, moving on. Number five. In Equestria, be a unicorn with ED, a Pegasus with, Pegasus with arthritis, or an Earth Pony with the pony equivalent of HIV, all of them are incurable with magic or anything else. Well, uh, the Pegasus one is the easiest to deal with, I gotta say. Yeah, maybe you can't flap your wings as well, or... Uh, with the aching in your joints, I gotta imagine it would be harder to get to that third shake, so... Then you're not gonna be accused. <laughs> yes. I, I was yeah, gonna maybe. make a comment about... Oh god! I was gonna make a comment about how if you had a unicorn, if you were a unicorn with erectile dysfunction, you have a horn you can use. So, how much have you really lost there? But I now I have thoughts in my head that I can't get out. Thank you, thank you for that. Well, actually, no, you're quite right. You could go two ways with that. You could use the horn itself, or hey, cast a levitation spell. What does ED matter then? Yeah. I well, I mean, then you just have this like floppy. Like limpy dick. Well, yeah, sure, it's but... great, but it's you can shake it at traffic. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I, I have I have no wings and I must shake. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and we're just not gonna explain this joke to anyone. No, we're not. No. Oh, okay. Now questions from RK Striker JK5. He starts by asking, what is your favorite non-MLP franchise? Oh, the one I've been watching longest would have to be Star Trek. I, I started out hating that yes! show. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, when I got home from school, you'd have the cartoons on, and then they would cut to the, the old original Star Trek series. And I really did not like the show at all, but I watched it because, hey, the TV's on, and what else are you going to do? And after about three years of having that beat into my head, I started liking it, and I've never turned back. Proud of you. Pr proud of you for doing that. Um, <laughs> In the chat, Alex underscore says, Floppy Limpy Dick is my new favorite OC. <laughs> <laughs> so does this pony look like Mr. Rogers? No! <laughs> okay, now not only do I want to see someone make a, a sculpture of that OC, I want it functional. <laughs> well, you just like you pick it up and it just does a little waggle. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the only part of the statue that has like rubber, so it's like it has like anime titty physics. Like I was gonna say, isn't it one of like one of those dipping birds that like puts its head in the water cup over and over again? It just does that all day. Except it's just with its dick, it just goes down yes. and then up and flicks for a little bit and then down, yeah. flicks for a little bit. Oh my god. If that counts as a shake, you can only do it twice. Oh my god. <laughs> Second question from Stryker. Have you written anything for uh, anything non-My Little Pony related? A long, long time ago, yes. But, uh, yeah, I picked up fan fiction for My Little Pony in 2011, and that's all I've written so far. And, and before that... I never really had a chance to. In, in high school, we would get writing assignments sometimes where you would have the option of doing creative writing if you wanted to, and I would always choose that. So I wrote a couple of short Star Trek stories way back then. But other than that, no, MLP is the only fan fiction I've ever written. Cool. The next set of questions. Uh, first uh, question from the other other guy. Uh, make up a pony slur for zebras, griffins, and minotaurs. Oh, geez. This is going to be tough. Zebra one is easy. You could. Uh, see, I'll go ahead and apologize for this because he's quickly on his feet. And I went, into, I went into this interview not having read any of the questions posted on the thread just because I figured, hey, why not? No, it's all comes good. a surprise to me. Go and yep. dry, it helps. So I'm just running off the top of my head here, and my brain really slows down when I do that. So let's see. Zebras. I don't want to say anything that's going to get me in trouble. Nothing will get you in trouble when it comes to, you know, the horrible things you're about to say for this one question. <laughs> we won't tell Seth, I promise. Oh, I don't know that Seth likes zebras anyway. Mm, zebras, griffins, and what? Minotaurs? Yes. Mm -hmm. mm. I could sit for, for half an hour and not come up with anything. I probably could. 
Oh, well, we've got one in the uh, chat from Tumor. Tumor? Tumor. Tumor says oh. uh, Ziggers, Griggers, and Minigers. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to relay this. Wow! That last one sounds like a term of endearment. My niggers. <laughs> wow! Can we not say that word, please? Yeah. <laughs> please! <laughs> I'm gonna have to go through and bleep that. That's not okay. God damn it! Jesus not. Christ! It says it besides it says minogers. Did, did we really that, just get somebody to say that? And it and it wasn't me. Like I'm disappointed by the fact it wasn't me this time. I'm like, wow, that's not fair. <laughs> okay, I'm going back to sleep. We just lost all of our sponsorships. Good night, oh, everybody. They're after me. <laughs> All right. You live near Compton! <laughs> Say that like if somebody heard Getting a visit. <sighs> Okay, sorry. Clearly okay. the word is Monica. Thank you very much. Do we do we need to move on? <laughs> <laughs> well, At this point, I'm worried for the legalities. <laughs> I I'm I'm with uh, I'm with Rav on this one. Well, I think so. <laughs> Okay, now for fan of most everything, foamy, foamy. Question: foamy. If I were to make a golem out of your namesake mineral, what yes. are the odds it would have your personality? Oh, very, very low. It would have my personality, and I'll tell you why. I, I want. I'll go ahead and click over to another tab and let me look this up because I don't want to get it wrong. I'm on minbat.org. Looking at Pascoite, scrolling down to the mineral data. There it is. This says that Pascoite has distinct and good cleavage. What? Would you say yes. that? Would you say that mountains also have cleavage? Enigma, shut the fuck up. Let him answer. Let him answer. <laughs> uh. If I go over to the Rocky Mountains, no, the individual minerals in them could. The mountains themselves don't. But if you're talking out about the mountains on, say, oh, fan art of Sunset Shimmer, then sure. Okay, I'll accept it. Next question from Tony Montana. Why is film fiction better than Equestria Daily? Oh. It depends on what you want to use it for. It's better for... Equestria Daily is more a way of spotlighting on fan fiction what the good stories are, but of course there are multiple forums for doing that. Um, fan fiction's got more built-in socializations, I guess. All the groups and blogs and such. No, I think... The you biggest have a really thing good... is that it's more of a socialization. So uh, let me ask you this, because I think we've seen a lot of questions that try to point towards this, but no one's like asked it directly. So let me, let me relay this to you. How would you compare, obviously comparatively, an Equestria Daily feature versus a Fim Fiction feature? I didn't catch the last bit of that. I think the sound cut out. Okay, uh, I'll repeat that. How would you compare an Equestria Daily feature versus a Fim Fiction feature? 
Okay. Now, by fan fiction feature, do you mean just by virtue of the story being posted there, or do you mean by, say, something like Seattle's Angels featuring it, or I by getting into the feature box? The feature box, the box of shame. Okay. Uh, I think an Equestria Daily feature is a much better indicator that it's going to be a quality story than the feature box is. But there certainly are quality stories that get into the feature box, so it's not like automatically a story he gets in there is a bad one. Um, if you're looking more at viewer count, Equestria Daily, and I, I track this stuff a lot, Equestria Daily still is the more reliable way to get the number of views, but it doesn't get you as many as it used to, just because it used to be pretty much the only recommendation service out there. An average story that gets on a question daily can usually count on about 500 readers coming from that recommendation. Something getting in the feature box, unless it stays in there a whole week, is only going to get about that much too. So, uh, like if, if I get a story on a question daily, I usually get somewhere between 500 and 1,000 views out of it. If I make the feature box and it stays there a few days, I get an additional three or 400 views out of that. and if you know present perfect puts it in his review blog or i post it on um, reddit or back when they were still around the royal guard featured it each one of those might get me another 40 or 50 views so right. i mean a question daily is still a, one of the best ways out there to increase your audience it's a pretty reliable way to ensure that it's a good story say so that what's in the feature box can't be good it's just likely getting in there for different reasons. Totally fair answer. All right. So next question comes from uh, RB-47, who recently who uh, used to run the Pony Fiction Vault. Yes. Uh, which of your stories are you most proud of? Uh, well, this just goes back to which ones are my favorites of my own again, pretty much. Uh, I, the one I'm most proud of is probably Ambergris. You really like Dinkin' Donuts. And Dinkin' Donuts is an odd bird in that something that's happened to me a number of times. It seems like if I've got a few stories I want to write, so I put a whole lot of time into writing this one, and then there's another one that I just kind of treat as an afterthought. And this happens when I used to compete in these uh, mini-fit write-offs. You have to submit stories that are between 400 and 750 words each. So you can enter multiple ones, and I might come up with three that I think are great ideas. And there's a fourth one that's just kind of an afterthought. I barely put any work into it. And yet it's the one that does the best. And the same thing happened with Dinkin' Donuts. I wrote it just as kind of a, an afterthought. Um, it was obsolescence put together a, a Christmas story exchange one time. Uh, the Jingle Miss, right? Yes. Yeah, you just put in uh, uh, the name of a character and a backup one that you would like to see a story about. And he secretly switched it with someone else. So. Um, a guy named Dark Darcy is the name I drew, and he wanted a story about Dinky. So I just wrote this Christmas story about Dinky over the course of maybe just two or three weeks and got into it, but it just turned out great. It's a really fun story. Sweet. All right, now we have questions from Some Bro for Life. First question, what is your favorite video game? Now this goes back a long way because I have not actually purchased a video game since 2007. Oh my, that's that's commitment to not purchasing video games. <laughs> I, wow. I don't have the time anymore and I don't really have the hardware to run much. 
purchased was uh, the Neverwinter Nights Diamond Edition. Oh, did wow. You I know somebody Bring who worked back on that memories. Game. Yeah, so favorite game, probably uh, the first Knights of the Old Republic. <gasps> nice. You're a good person. Nice choice. You can I stay. Went through, yeah, I went through a whole bunch of those old Star Wars games. So, I mean, Doom came out when I was in middle school. So when I was in college, then the first, the first, first person shooter Star Wars game, Dark Forces, came out. So I got that, loved it, and then they played that into the the Jedi Knight series. Jedi Knight, Jedi Two, Jedi Outcast, um, Jedi Academy. They were what did all you great. Think of Kotor Two. Kotor Two, uh, the plot sucked. Um, Thank but you. It was still fun. <laughs> yes, I I have a hard on for that game until the end. So I'm curious. Why is the ending bad? I must say. Because they ran out of time and money, and it was they 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 had like whole planets that are just chilling there, unfinished. Being like, hey, look, we 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 didn't have time, and it's incredibly buggy. Like, oh my god, that game was beautifully buggy. Oh yeah, that's why that's why I played it with the restored content mod, and that game just became like 200 times better and better than right? Code Part One, in my opinion. Um, with, with with the restored data it's it's much much better but playing it just the first time through when i first got it i was like oh my god it's so broken this is the best oh no i oh no oh no i agree in in that respect yeah i just thought everyone did it with the restored content because it was just like it was just terrible without it no some of us actually like, bought and played the game like, wait yeah, don't you mean like the way it was intended yes. yeah How oh yeah the way the way the way it was in the way it was intended yeah towards the latter half things didn't make sense oh. and then once you got the restored content things make sense canonically it's like oh okay but they straight up acknowledged it too like if, if you bother um in the first sequence if you uh bother one bother one of the characters a couple of times it is one of his dialogue options is seriously just oh yeah we ran out of time for everything and it's just like one of the people who's making the game sounding off on how much they hate the time limits and money limits limits that's caused them so much trouble with the ending mm -hmm. of the game God damn, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I need to find that then. Plus, it well. had, the, uh, it had the, the very transparent shipping bait in it. So oh, yeah. You, I mean, like any game, you can pick to play as a male or female character. And so you just know there's somewhere in the game where you're going to end up with either this one or that one based on your choice. So, But you never actually do, though. Well, Not no, really, you, but you get to make all kinds of sappy little dialogue with them, and it's so sweet. You can be a super mm -hmm. lesbian if you want to. Yeah. Which, which that's fine, but yeah, I was just glad they didn't actually couple people in there until, like, it's implied once the game ends, but. Well. Like, now I'm, I'm like, who's your OTP? And like, I could just go off on this game forever, I'm sorry. Rav is drinking We'll talk off. later. What's up, Rav? <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I have a question then. Given that you don't play games anymore, um, apparently, of any of the games that you've seen recent, uh, recently, uh, any of the previews, what game would you like to play? Hmm. See, I don't even get exposed to games that much since I don't have the computer necessary to play them. I mean, I see some commercials on TV and whatever people are going on about in chat, but... Mm -hmm. um, I know Professor Plum really likes playing his Mech Warrior game, and mm -hmm. I don't know that it's a new release of it or not. But uh, you know, we've discussed it a few times, and it's pretty much the same Mech Warrior game that I played long, long ago. Yeah, I, I really liked that game. 
it basically runs on the same um, uh, rule system that the tabletop game used to be, too. Yes. Mm. Yeah. On that one stupid mission where there's a truck convoy that you have to blow up, and then these drop ships start launching, and you can never get enough shots against them to take them down. And ah, I got stuck on that mission. Speaking of missions, uh, question number two: What is your favorite boss fight in a game? Ooh, boss fight. Uh, well, I will tell you right now, I have never been a fan of boss fights in games. Ooh. And, yes. And Nighty absolutely will just rip into me about that. I much prefer a game where they try and overwhelm you with numbers rather than one big guy you have to fight. Overwhelm so, me with numbers. So are you more of a frog factions or a jumpstart kind of kid? I didn't Those catch are... the first part of that. The sound kicked out, I think. Oh, frog fractions or... Or jumpstart. I, I'm asking in jest and, and joking in a joke that only I think is funny. <laughs> well, uh, I remember playing one called, uh, it was another Star Wars game, um, Republic Commando. It was a first-person shooter, kind of RPG, too, because you had a team you could control. But that had waypoints in it where once you got past a certain door, then it would trip that the next set of enemies were the ones that you were going to fight now. But until you went and cleared that objective, just endless numbers of them would keep coming at you, and you could sit there and pick them all off, and it could get really hard. Mm. So I have more fun playing a game where the last level is that they just swarm you rather than you got one big baddie to fight. But of the boss fights I have enjoyed, uh, the biggest ones would be the, the first Jedi Knight game. Uh, a lot of lightsaber duels. I didn't like the last couple bosses in the game. You have to fight, I think it was seven of them through the course of the game. Mm-hmm. Or were very interesting fights. The guys at the end just... It was too easy to cheat. I mean, I'm, I know this stuff all happens in any game where you can find mm-hmm. some little trick that makes the boss very easy to kill. Right. In the last one at Jedi Knight, when, you, when you've got him almost dead, he makes a run for this healing place, and if you just wedge yourself in between him and the door, he keeps trying to get past you, but he can't, and you just hack at him until he's dead. That's wonderful. See, now, I, I would argue that mini-bosses are worse than regular boss fights, because usually they require some... Uh, some uh, depending on the game, like some... Uh, skill set that you need that you don't have because they're somewhere between the level enemies and the final enemy, the boss. Um, for I will bring up the example, uh, what was the name of the game? Uh, Force Unleashed, where they had these mini bosses, which were usually the AT walkers or uh, 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 what, the, what are they called? What are they called? The thing that almost ate Luke in the... Oh, the Rancor. Yeah. Yeah, and you get a rancor, and it's not even a real boss. It's just like a mini boss is stuck into the level, and it's like yeah, you need I, I a skill agree that you that. don't have to fight it. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with you on that. There were several of the Jedi Knight games where you had to fight a rancor monster in one of the levels. Oh, I know the rancor the pit. I have a game. The rancor pit sucked. There was one like that too in. Um... In Neverwinter Nights, there's one game where you're dead and you're going through the underworld. At one point, you walk into a cave and there's four, maybe maybe I'm not remembering that right. I think there's more of them. There were like five or six guys you had to fight that were all 
supercharged. And that was a tough fight. And then when you get to the end of the game and you're actually fighting the big bad demon, he's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Aren't, fun, aren't disappointing final bosses the worst? Well, moving on, because we still <laughs> well, have a shit ton of questions. Well, 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 well. Number three. Have you accepted Skeletor, the master of the universe, into your heart? Naturally, because he's the only person that you can declare a skull fuck on, and he'll actually do it. Yes. <laughs> nice. I'm so happy. Number four. You are in itty-bitty Equine City. What business do you start? Naturally, I start a business for people who collect rocks and minerals. Speaking of rocks and minerals. Yay! Number five. Yes, it does. What kind of rock would you take as your waifu? Rock as my waifu. Hmm. That's a good question. I would have to say soapstone because it's nice and soft. Anything else would probably chafe. <laughs> I, I didn't see you going there with that. Okay. <laughs> Number six. I need to know for a friend how long does it take to die of laughter? Oh, uh, a few experiments on that. One guy I managed to keep alive for about six months. But, you know, I guess my record is maybe. That one was a disappointment. Oh. Uh oh. Uh oh, an earthquake. Flame, are we going uh, to feel an aftershake? I was trying to keep it on the BL. Oh no. Are we going to feel it? Are we going to feel an aftershake? I just had one. I don't feel, I don't feel it. Anything. was probably like a little 2.0 or something. It was just it was just a little bit of shaking. That oh, was it. Oh, it's, so the earth shaked twice. Two earthquakes in my life, and one of them I couldn't feel because I was in the car. Oh, oh I've, I've gone through, I, I go through like an earthquake a week. Apparently it was a, a 1.3. So yeah, it was a little itty bitty thing. It was, it, yeah, was nothing. nothing. The earth shaked twice beneath you. That's checking. No. Number seven. Do you even praise, bro? I don't think I heard that one. Do you even praise, bro? Well, of course I do. All praise to Luna. <laughs> All right, son, bro. <laughs> All right. All right. No, okay. Now questions from Trickster Forrester. Uh, hello, Pascalita. Pascalita. Uh, time for questioning. If a jogger runs at the speed of sound, can he still hear his iPod? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he can. Easy answer. <laughs> Number two. Why aren't blueberries blue? Well, they are if you dye them blue. They're kind of blue. Uh, why would you? Oh, okay. I'm colorblind. I thought you were going to oh. say they are if you die. And I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to stop wow, it there wow. for a second. I'm just about to be like. Oh, you, want, you want me to pull a Mr. Garrison? You die. You go to hell and you die. I fuck them all to death. <laughs> Number three. Do infants enjoy infancy as much as adults enjoy adultery? Do. And for all the wrong reasons. Uh, so it's the same reason people like adultery. 
Hmm. I was, I was so sure you were going to say infant I can side. only think of about 513 reasons. That's oddly specific. Well, I've, I've had time to think about this. Clearly. <laughs> oh, my. Um, moving on. Um, do, py <laughs> do, pyroman do pyromaniacs wear blazers? As the melted flesh drips off their bones. Number five. If you don't pay your exorcist, do you get repossessed? I suppose that's the easiest answer. Yes, you do. I'm trying to wrap my head around that one. Uh, next question. Why do we kill people for killing people to show that killing is wrong? Because we did it for the right reasons, damn it. Okay. If tin whistles are made of tin, what are foghorns made out of? Foghorns are made out of lead, so don't put your lips on them or you'll have learning disabilities. <laughs> Wonderful. Why is it that your feet smell and your nose runs? Oh crap, I just broke something. <laughs> no! Never mind, that wasn't for you. Uh, your feet smell and your nose runs. Hmm. Because you're sick. Because you're very, very sick. Please go to the doctor. Know. Yeah, probably. These are very existential questions. I'm, I'm going to be very confused in the morning. And last but not least, why does Goofy stand on two legs while Pluto is on all fours if they're both dogs? Because Pluto has been blowing lead foghorns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that you finished that sentence the way you did, because... About one of them standing and one of them being on all fours, and all I heard was because Pluto is blowing, and I'm like, oh, please don't end that <laughs> sentence the way I think you're going to. But is he, is he blowing foghorn leghorn? Hey, the, the dogs really like peanut butter. Oh my god! I said, I said, boy, you gotta lick that peanut butter, boy. That was not at all what I was saying. I, I, I tell you, boy, get in there, get in the creases, boy. Oh, oh that's a joke, boy. We're going in directions today. Okay. And now it's time. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Let me like sit up and do this proper. It's been a few weeks. I was sick, so it sounded like shit. <clears throat> All right. Questions with Vylon. First question from Vylon. <laughs> Which of your stories do you consider your best writing? I think... I think Ambergris has got my best writing in it. it. It's odd to me that when I go back and look at the stories I think I did the best on and that also the reviewers think I did the best on, they're almost always first person present. I don't know why that is. Hmm. Interesting. I've heard of people having like specific genres that they're, they consider themselves better at, but not uh, tenses or perspectives. Yeah, I, I, mostly wrote sad stories not as much now as i used to but that was kind of my specialty but uh yeah when i go back and look at the best ones it seems like a lot of it and i would guess it's just because if you feel really attached to a story idea that's what gets you the closest to it hmm. so maybe i just 
ended up doing that instinctively on the ones that I believe the most in. I don't know. It's fair. Next question. As a reviewer, how do you balance subjective and objective opinions? Thing to do, and there's not that many reviewers that can do it. I remember just leaving a comment on one of Paulus Aron's blogs a week or two ago saying that he was doing a good job with that and I appreciated seeing it. Uh, it's impossible to divorce the two completely. You just have to realize that you're doing it. So, for instance, if I read a story and I find it utterly boring, that's a subjective thing. It's not a factual statement that you can say that the story is boring, but at least prompts you to start looking at, well, why is it boring? Because then you can start discovering things in there that the author's not doing well that resulted in it being boring. Now, subjective stuff, when enough people say it, if, if you give it out to 10 people and they all tell you it's boring and they can't really put their finger on why, then there's still a problem somewhere. And at that point, something subjective is still worth saying the story needs work. So I, I am very happy when I see a reviewer uh, who is willing to recommend a story that he didn't like or that, that kind of even comprehend that you can do that. You, you can recognize that I didn't like the story, but all my objections to it are, are personal. It's just not my taste, but I think the author did a great job on it. That's why I was very happy to see Paul give a high recommendation to a story he didn't like because that, to me, that's the mark of a good reviewer. I totally and certainly, uh, yeah. and certainly on the Equestria Daily side, we have to be willing. We have to perfectly well be willing to post a story that we didn't like, and I've done so several times. I I feel that one one of the things I say over and over again, it's a, a kind of a mantra of mine. I will yell at people while holding onto their shirt front, screaming it in their face. Is I like it doesn't mean it's good, and it's good doesn't mean I like it. Yeah, I wrote up a guest column for uh, Chris's One Man's Pony Ramblings blog a couple of years back that was basically a rant on that. That, yeah, I didn't like it is a very different thing from there's something wrong with it. On yeah. the other side of the coin, you have to also know that I like this story because it's a guilty pleasure, but it's not actually that good. I, I'm, a, I'm a foodie person, but guess what? I fucking love spaghetti using meatballs cold out of a can, and it is bad. It is bad, and I fucking love it. And it's okay to acknowledge that. You heretic. I don't have to defend spaghettios and meatballs to people. I don't have to be like, but it's good. How dare you dislike this thing that I like or say it's bad? No, it's bad. And it's okay. Hello, to Hello Inquisition. I have a case report. <laughs> <laughs> Do they still make the spaghettios with the sliced hot dogs in them? Oh my God, they did used to make those, didn't they? <laughs> they still do. They still do. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit, that brought me back. No, I still eat that shit. <laughs> Someone needs to make an OC about that. Spaghetti-o? Spaghetti-o pony. With the sliced hot dogs. The sliced <laughs> hot dog would be in like dread, holding dreadlocks. It would be like, be like the baby of Spaghetti-o's and hot dog pone. So marinara gets together with some German food pone and that's what the result is? You leave marinara out of this. Guys, you guys, there, there's already Spaghetti-o pone. Oh, there is God. link 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 link. I I need to find a better picture. I I found a picture of her face. Um, I think I love her. her. Why are you doing that? Oh, here are, are you going to kill me if I use a stupid <gasps> pun? No, puns are great. We okay. welcome puns. This we is love right. puns. Well, I I agree. This uh, this spaghetti hot dog should be the daughter of 
the spaghetti pony and the hot dog pony with the German name. And then I guess she got not worsted up. Oh. I'm glad I, I set you. this up. What is that? No, Frank, what is this? Oh, gosh. I need to refresh because there are more violent questions. Okay. Yeah, uh, next, next one. Uh, why choose Pascovite out of many others? Okay. So, when I first submitted a story to Equestria Daily, I was one of the dumbasses who didn't read the rules and just emailed them a Word document. And they sent back to me, now you got to post this somewhere and send us the link. So I said, okay, I got to create a FinFic account. I got to create a Gmail address for it and whatnot. And I know I wanted to do a mineral name. So I tried a couple of the minerals I like best. They were already taken as Gmail addresses. So Pascoite was my third choice. It wasn't taken. And so it was. Awesome. Uh, number four, if you like a person, and yet you know that person is never going to like you, do you think it's best to just stop trying to make that person like you? It's always worth making someone like you, even if it's not going to lead to romance. I mean, anyone will like you if you have a gun. <laughs> oh, Jesus! That would have gone so fast! Oh my god! They're going to be my best fucking friend. <laughs> say it! Say it! You're my friend! I'm your friend. Say it like I mean it. I'm your friend. Please, say, it with, say it with your chest. Now sing I... it like Beyonce. <laughs> now I'm your friend. Right Sorry. now, this Amer Amer is doing this, and it calls Twilight for a friendship problem, like hardcore. <laughs> Yeah, like it. Oh, Matt. Yeah, it's a friendship problem that Twilight has to go to. It's so bad that she tries everything she can't solve it, and she finally just says, "Here, you get a gun. Friendship problem solved," and walks away. <laughs> See, the friendship is we both have guns. Yeah, then they just—it'll be like that South Park episode where they just hold the guns to each other and then hang out civilly. I'm having a great time, man. Me too. I love you. I love you too. Let's do this again next week. <laughs> and they hold the guns to each other as they leave. Okay, next question. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Oh, man. Th this is going to go some dark places. Yes! Maybe I'll one-up you. Go on. Well, okay, go so, on. so this story starts 10 years ago. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I found myself in New York City. Um, so I was sitting on the curb uh, it was it was rainy my feet are submerged in a puddle barely above freezing next thing i knew i was waking up to Mexico city in a bathtub full of ice missing my kidneys but among the ice was like three or four contact parts so hey you know it was worth it <laughs> that's great i love it I fucking love it. That's great. Uh, next question. If Eve doomed the entire race for an apple, what would she do for a Klondike bar? I missed the first part of that. If Eve doomed the entire human race for an apple, what would she do for a Klondike bar? Hmm. That's actually a good question. That is a good question. But the th well, it's, a, it's a given that the human race is still doomed. 
I just got to think she's taking everyone else with her. Hmm. I got to think that in, in one of these worlds that they're going to encounter through the Stargate, they're going to find a place that's never seen Klondike bars before, and it's an absolute paradise. Oh, God. One of the <laughs> soldiers has one on him. And next thing you know, there's just this planet-wide orgy. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I thought you were going to go with planet-wide war for the Klondike bar, ruining this paradise. <laughs> well, if that was the only one that ever had a hope of making it there, I am fully on board with you. But they know that these soldiers can bring back unlimited numbers of them. Yeah, that would change everything. Interesting. Okay, next question. Oh, wait, are, are we at halfway? It we is halfway. time! Okay, so, quick segue. Um, By the way, Pencil. Yes? Did you know that we have a very real way that you can help real horses? Do we really, Priest? Why, yes! We have this thing called a Patreon. <laughs> if you Dude. look him in a 90s commercial. What it's... happens if you donate to the Patreon? We send money every month to Red Wings Horse Sanctuary in California. Central California. <laughs> Central California. And we send $55 a month to a horse who is aptly named Big Mac. You guys chose the horse, and we are actually paying for his immunizations, his, his food, his doctor's appointments. And every cent that you guys donate to that Patreon doesn't go to us at all. All of our YouTube revenue, everything goes directly to this horse. So please, please, if you have any money to spare every month, consider becoming a Patreon where you can get a few little extra Discord perks and know when we're streaming and stuff, even though you already can because we don't have anything behind a paywall. So really, uh, just, 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 just do it to help the horses. There, it's uh, Red Wings Horse Sanctuary is a really cool thing. You should look into them. Uh, other than that, yeah, we're we're actually probably gonna go visit the horse at some point and take pictures, and it'll be weird. We'll probably, yeah. probably write a story about. Look at Tumer. Why can't we pay for a better podcast? Thanks, Tumer. Uh, <laughs> also, if you have not joined the Barcast group, which I will post a link to in a moment, and that's all I'm gonna say because it's time to get to more questions. And last but not least, if you want the chance to win a real rarity plushie, consider joining the Make Rarity Not Garbage Writing Contest. So, join the bar cast, go to the link, you go to the link, and you join the group, and then you enter the writing contest, run by a guy named Flutter Priest, who's kind of shit, but that's okay, because he's going to give you stuff, and then you're yeah. done. Like money. You know, <laughs> when, you guys, when you guys were first shilling, and you said, how do you do that? I imagined this black and white scene where someone is trying to Patreon. But they just can't, and they accidentally give money to Al Qaeda. What the fuck, Enigma? What the actual shit? I great. Now our podcast is on fucking NSA radar. Thanks. Thanks. Now back to our regularly scheduled podcast. Da -da 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 -da. Back to questions with Violon Pasquite. Do you think Hitler did nothing <laughs> wrong if he did it for a Klondike bar? Yes. Wow, that is probably the best existential question I'd ever seen. <laughs> you know i'm gonna have to cop out on this one and say it's one of those situations where i could probably give you an answer 
but it wouldn't be the true one because you can't ever really know what you'd respond until you actually went through the situation yourself. I completely understand, but we're just jumping even deeper as we go because Vylon's back and stronger than ever with her questions. Holy shit! On another on another Next. note, I just I, I just oh. have to say that the uh, that the best aftermath of doing something for a Klondike bar had to be with Gabrilla Princip. What the fuck? No, was I the only one that got that? Well, he was the dude that shot Franz Ferdinand. So. Oh. It's okay, Slam. I'm just gonna pat you gently yeah, and tell you it's yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's forget okay, I meant that. Okay. It's okay. It's okay, Slam. It's okay. It's okay. Yay for historical humor. Yay. <laughs> Next violon question: What do you think of parents who use bleach enemas to cure their children of autism? It worked on me. Your kidneys have been replaced by Klondike bars, so <laughs> I wasn't ready. Oh that why I see even one. Oh the next next question. question. Time for a little role play. Oh good. You are Anon, also I known as Anonymous. Anonymous. Yes. And you are having a lone time in your bedroom when Princess Twilight Sparkle teleports into your room suddenly. You totally didn't scream like a little girl and frantically hide your shame. Anonymous, the world is ending. You need to come inside my magical pony pussy to save the world, Princess Twilight Sparkle declares. Will you accept her offer, or will you kick her out of the bedroom to continue your quickie with your girlfriend, Miss Hand? <laughs> well, Miss Hand is clearly the inferior lover in this case. That's that's not even in question. Oof. This is this is some, so. this is some this is some cheating that's going on right here. You you gotta it's it's to save the world. Come on. Yeah. Okay. I totally understand. All right, last but not least from Vylon, would you rather let me christen your newborn baby with a jar of my clotted period blood or, le or let it hump me instead? Um, you totally <laughs> skipped a question, Priest, a horrifying, horrifying question. I did, because I just refreshed. Uh, let me refresh again. Or is this, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, okay, well, we'll get back to clotted period blood, but first we have... Love you, Bylon. Love you, baby. Another, another roleplay question. Oh my god. Yes! <laughs> you are a necrophile, and you are fucking the freshly embalmed corpses of your family when Rainbow Dash comes over and begs you to share your father's corpse with her so you can punch the gut of your father and make its decomposing juices explode inside her. Will you let your dead father come inside Rainbow Dash or kill her to add the corpse to your fetish collection? Oh god, she wants him to munge him. <laughs> uh, Rainbow Dash is gonna die. I, I have to tell you, that was the answer before you even started the scenario. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, okay. So let's go back to would you rather let a baby hump Vylon or let her... Wait, wait, wait. No, she's humping the baby because if the baby's humping her, that's a whole different thing. No, that is what it says. Or let it hump me instead. 
You're right. Christen the jar. Christen baby with clotted period blood, or let it hump her. Oh God. I don't even know where to start with that one. Right? <laughs> Bylon, who hurt you? I, I, yeah, it, it's clear that there's there's something long ago that went horribly wrong. All right. And now we're all paying for it. <laughs> there's this dude named Aku, right? Oh my god, stop. <laughs> long ago. I don't want to imagine Aku doing horrible things to Vylon. Extra so shape-shifting master of, of munging. This is oh like my... a Zone Tama thing. Long ago about? there was Aku, and then the show magically morphed into doing Gurren Lagann's ending. <laughs> oh we god. all saw that coming in my life. <sighs> now Back. we have a question from a brony. Who says, what is your favorite school subject and why? I always liked math the best just because it's got definite answers and it's a whole lot easier to learn the way it works and branch out from there so you can figure out things on your own rather than something like history where it's more just you got to memorize all this shit. Okay. I never enjoyed English too much either, but here I am. I so. totally relate to that. I hated English classes, like, so much. I loved it, it. And we hated writing the essays, and look where we are now. I liked writing the essays. Well, Pencil, I can yeah. give you... I, I, can, I can send you a nice essay question if you want. Okay. Because <laughs> English did nothing wrong, but... Question. Oh, Jesus. Uh, okay, now we have questions from Horizon. Horizon! Who starts by, right off the bat, by giving you a fuck, marry, kill situation. <laughs> I'm ready. Man. <laughs> Horizon, you really get into the spirit of things. Uh, your choices to fuck, marry, kill are Palladium, Peridot, and Pyrite. Well, let's see. First off... I don't know whether to take Peridot as the mineral or as the Steven Universe character. Both. Both. <laughs> mm, I, she gets all three. I don't know. Um, I got to tell you, you should choose Pyrite. In fact, you'd be a fool not to. Uh-huh. Sorry, I'm done now. I'll go sit in my That corner. was awesome! Yeah. It took a second, though. <sighs> yes, Palladium. Let's see. Platinum likes to form cubes. Palladium, I don't know off the top of my head for sure. It's a platinum group element, so it probably likes to form cubes too. But it forms these nice, soft-edged ones that wouldn't do it all. Versus pyrite, that smug bastard has a shape named after itself. Ugh. All right. Uh, next question is... Killed. Right. Let's see. Uh, the next question is to everyone. Oh. Are you hyped for the MLP movie? Let's let our guest answer first, because I, I know we will. Uh, some of us are definitely hyped, but I want to hear our guest's answer. I, I don't think I'm any more hyped for it than any other part of the show, but I am definitely looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I was at one point figuring I was probably going to have to wait until it made its way to TV, but uh, my son's enjoyed watching the show with me for the past years, and he's very hyped to go see it. 
and his uh, this girl that's been his friend four years since they were in preschool together um, she and her little sister are big fans of the show too so okay. he's got a good excuse to go then if both families just all go together so yeah that's what we're doing so I am looking that's forward to your, seeing it that's your excuse as well yep. oh yeah definitely I'm using your children to get what you want huh? <laughs> well, what else are they for right disease balls a lot of them and my wife likes watching the show too so she's also looking forward to the movie Oh, I sweet. purposely had this child so I can go see this children's movie. Born uh, a couple of months before My Little Pony started. Oh, wow. So he's been around just for all of it. He didn't start watching it until about season, oh, probably four, maybe the end of season three. Wow. So you actually watched it before your son did? Yeah, I started watching it. Uh, season two and i'd wait until we didn't we didn't get the hub back then so i'd have to watch it on youtube or wherever it was posted so i when i got some quiet time everyone else had gone to bed i'd watch the show so no one would see me doing it and then <laughs> one day I, yep so one day i come home from work and it's on the tv and he saw it flipping channels and he's been watching it for the past few weeks so sure I can deal with this. <laughs> It'd be better. It, it's, it, it worked out better than if, like, all of a sudden you, you come home and then your wife is just like, dear, I looked at your internet history. What's the pony show? <laughs> she was aware that there was such okay. a thing before he started watching it, but she hadn't seen it. Alrighty. Um, so the other thing is that I know that Lamb and Enigma will be coming to my home and we will be going to see the movie together. So we're going to have a little party. That's right. And we're going to ruin the experience for all the little children there. Yes, we are. <laughs> I'm going to move, I'm going to lean over to the six-year-old girl who's going to be next to me with their parents and be like, you know, there's feuda porn of that pony up there. I'm just, I'm just going to go all Blues Brothers on this. Just lean over to the nearest mother and go, how much for the little girl? We want to buy your women. <laughs> how much for the little girl? You, know, you make them fight, we take one back to Maharaja. <laughs> one, of the, one of the mothers in the front is going to like whisper to her child. It's like, why is that woman in the back screaming so hard whenever the dragon shows up? Just every time Spike's on screen, <laughs> I will, I, Pencil, I will give you a dollar if you do that. A dollar? Fuck yes. you, you got to give me more than that. Hey, Spike is shit. He's valued at a dollar. Nah, man. Nah, man. You gotta, no, gotta a dollar like... every time he's on screen. Every time go. I re, every time I re, I if you give me a dollar, I will do it. I'll, I'll allow it. Okay. So which I'm one of you is? Singles. Which which one of you is gonna pull the thing where the little kid in the seat next to you is all, oh look it, it's Twilight Sparkle on screen, and so you lean over to to her and you say, that is my wife, and you get your fucking hands off her. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll just leave it for the kids. Like, nah, she's been shit since she got wings. And the whole <laughs> Guys, guys, if ever shows up even a small appearance, you're like, my arm's gonna raise it going, yes! And everyone's and gonna turn back gonna and look at the fuck. We're all gonna yeah. be like, she's a shit character, and this movie's automatically shit. Well, you realize what's gonna happen too is that, like, the kid is gonna come home with mom, and dad's gonna be like, well, how was the movie, sweetie? 
saw a weird guy get punched in the face by a screaming lesbian. Like, that'll probably <laughs> be what they think. Because <laughs> kids these days just have that lexicon. See, I'm going to feel so awkward because I'm not able to join the, the movie party. So I'm trying to figure out how the hell am I going to go see the MLP movie? I either go see it alone or I got invited by, like, my local brony meetup group. Both which of those keep sound in mind, like hor- well, those sound the last time I went to one of the local brony meetup groups in my area, someone invited me out to their van to look at their plushy <laughs> collection. <laughs> what? Nope. And nope. It, was, it was a fucking panel truck. And I was just like, uh, no, I don't think I want to go to this thing. <laughs> and so, I'd like to point I, my out choice one thing. is either panel truck plushy movie or going alone. <laughs> I'd just like to point out the fact that you went to go look at this truck. Yeah, you made it halfway there. Yeah, man, you, you walked out. You, you were going to that car to see the collection. What the hell? Then you just had an out-of-body experience. It just it felt, it felt polite. I mean, did, he say, did he say also meet me here for cock fun in two minutes, too? Like No. He, yeah. It was right about the time that he was talking about Oh yeah, he also has some meth. When I was like, you know, <laughs> maybe this isn't for me. The nerve of this guy! He didn't even—he didn't even offer you candy. Hmm. No, you had to buy the candy from him. He's a shitty pedophile. <laughs> yeah, when you're the one who has to bring it up, yeah, he's just phoning it in. Priest, you gotta go on next question, buddy. This is <laughs> this is a spiral thing. Spiral we're in now. <laughs> All right, now questions from Alex underscore, who is a local boss. And if you haven't checked out our Twitter, go check out our Twitter. Alex is running it, and we just recently had a conversation on there with Peter New. So, also check out the um, con that Alex has made for you. Ah, oh, make yeah. it. We have a we have a Pasco emoji. Pasco. Oh, you do. Where is it? Right. Let me see. It's in our little chat. Yeah, I'm looking for it. In behind the counter. If you look at behind the counter right now. Yeah. It's not just a saying. There's a channel called it? behind the counter. Don't physically look behind the counter. Oh, that. Yeah. No, I was looking through the emojis in the menus. OK. Oh, OK. There's your emoji. Yes. So number one. It- if someone stole your trademark, violating your unique right to profit from that piece of intellectual property and causing you significant damages and mental distress, what name would you call them? Hmm. Trying to think of something that's absolutely stinging, but in the moment I probably wouldn't able be able to come up with anything more than you fucktard. Fair. Number two, can you call Trap Penguin Lips that name, please, for stealing the idiosyncratic genius of my what is your funniest anecdote question? Oh, he did that? Yeah. Yeah. What did you want me to call him? Trapped Penguin Lips? Ooh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Trap Penguin Lips. Gross. Trap Penguin Lips. <laughs> Okay. Um, number three, Pasco White, did you tie down this full? 
Is there a picture of said foal? If not, you can't prove nothing. Alex, I love you for, for making that joke. Thank you. <laughs> Number four. Ball hairs. Who has them? Who doesn't? What is the general opinion of their ear of nutsack hair? I don't have hair on my balls for anyone who's curious. Oh, I, I was hoping for a story related to that. Okay. Ball hair. That's another long story. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> he actually has a story. <laughs> I'll shorten it to um, I do have quite a bit of it stored in the closet. Why oh, do you okay. have nut hair in your closet? <laughs> I think I mean I think not everybody does. Well, I mean, I suppose if you have enough bodies, you technically have a solid collection of nut balls like hair. I mean, I think closets. That's one explanation. I think closets is code for his ass crack. <laughs> oh but god! But why would you have ball hair in your ass crack? Oh. <laughs> it took you a second. It took you a second. Moving on. <laughs> Says the guy you just wrote a homoerotic clop pick. Good job. Uh, number five. Is putting tits on a dog worse than putting tits on a dragon? A lot less dangerous, but it's a whole lot less satisfying as well. Thank but, you. But dogs are mammals. Dogs are supposed to have, like, nipples. Well, yeah. not the boy dogs. They have nipples, too. I'm weird looking. Okay. <laughs> this this comes back to what has been fucking, like, me and Enigma's, like, debate over uh -oh. the last week. Because I, I really... Crotch boobs. Well, no, it's not crotch boobs. It's, I wrote a female diamond dog romance fic, and Enigma okay. has the highest rated... Ember story clop fic on Fimfic. And in his, Embers has tits, actual tits. And we yeah. all give him shit. On a reptile? Yeah. On a reptile! Yes, you get it! <laughs> Enigma, Enigma, Enigma. What? Yes. Tell yourself. This reminds me of another. Thing that Seth brought up once. I was complaining to him about all the pony art that has belly buttons on the ponies. And he said, but they look so cute. So I went and found a picture of an actual pony belly button and showed it to him. And he was like, ew, don't show that to me. Well, now I have to show it to the Barcats because I'm sure they're all wondering. Yeah, hey, no, no, now I want to know what a pony belly button's Not like. Not a problem. I got it. Hey, Pasco White. Hey, Pasco yes. White. You know what pisses all these guys off more? <laughs> Your Patreon? No, you? no. Other than that, other than that as well, the fact that my Ember story almost has two thousand likes. <laughs> so remarkably average. Remember what we were saying before about things being featured, not necessarily meaning being good. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> anyway, number six. Do you have a fish sona? If so, what is it? A fish sona. Any fish by name other than Wanda. Ah, okay. Yay! Horse belly button. Is that going up on the video? That's weird. Belly yeah, button? Probably. I'm clicking I mean, on that son of a bitch. It's not, it's not gross. No, it's not gross. It's just kind of weird not and anticlimactic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, not a, it's not what you would expect. It's just a belly button on a horse. 
I mean, it looks like he t like the belly button was there. Like when the umbilical cord was connected, he just twisted a lot. It's well, it's kind of in any. Anyway. Needs more lint. Anyway. <laughs> now we have questions from Catalyst Cradle. From all of your experience pre-reading, what are the, some of the most common mistakes you see writers in this fandom making? That changes a lot over the years just because as I learn more, I'm looking for different things. So early on, through it all, it's going to be you know, just basic editing, people misspelling words, bad grammar, things like that. But for the first couple of years, I was looking for a lot of show versus tell things because that's what was freshest in my mind. And for the last couple of years, I'm more into problems with perspective where the the narration just goes off on things that don't fit the perspective they've chosen for the story. So there's lots and lots of mistakes people make with that, even ones that experienced authors make because they aren't being careful with it. So uh, Gap Jaxi and Dubs Rewatcher and Ether Echoes and I just did a panel on that at BronyCon. So that'll all hit YouTube probably sometime in the next. That takes them forever. It's probably going to be about another four months. Oh, I'm anxiously awaiting mine, so I feel you. Huh. Yeah. All right. Next question. What is your approach to pre-reading and editing stories? Ah, uh, they're... Those are two different jobs, and it always gets down into semantics when you start talking editing. What does an editor do? What does a proofreader do? What does a, a reader do? Uh, first thing when I come into editing is you got to look at what shape the overall story is in. So if every third word is misspelled, then you're wasting your time trying to help them with pretty nuanced things about characterization because they're just not ready for that yet. And they're going to have to rewrite so much of it that even if you fixed what was there, it's all going to change anyway. Uh, Pre-reading is, Chris made a good argument in, uh, I guess it was one of his blog posts. Maybe it was an email to me. One of the, the big differences between editing and pre-reading is if I am editing for you, then it's my job to make your story the best it can be, period. So I'm going to complain about any little thing I see wrong with it, yeah. uh, even if they, even if they are matters of personal taste. I will say I don't like this, and I will try and drill down and figure out why. Give them some more concrete things to go on. But any little complaint I have about with, I'm going to raise. Pre-reading is that you're just trying to get them to pass some sort of a threshold. So it's more things that have to be fixed. You're not going to be as uh, pushy about stuff that doesn't need to be fixed. Even if you think it would make the story better, you can make that argument to the author that I think it would make this better as long as you explain why. But pre-reading, a couple of the main rules I live by are uh, one we've already covered. Do not confuse I didn't like this story with there's something wrong with it. And the other two are very related. Do not make the author write the story that you wanted to read. And do not make the author write the story the way you would have written it. Strengths that get put on you when you're pre-reading versus editing. I can totally feel that. Um, let's see. Now we have questions from Lise Eclair. Yeah, hi, Lise. Oh, he went to go sleep. He couldn't stay up. Mm. Oh. Poor Lise. He's a favorite around here. So, yeah. number one. 
Would you agree that crystal ponies are superior to all other ponies with the exceptions of alicorns? I think they're even superior to alicorns. Ooh. That's saying something. <laughs> well, they are minerals. So the only non-crystal oh, pony that even comes close is Maud. God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two. What advice would you give to writers? Uh, read as much as you can. Stories, but reviews as well. Uh, all kinds of reviews, the kinds that dig into the mechanical side and the ones that dig into the storytelling side and go out of your comfort zone. In stories that you like, you're not expanding as much. Um, definitely get into trying to help other people edit. I learned a whole lot more about writing from reviewing and editing than I ever did from writing. It's a whole lot easier to spot problems in things that other people have written to because you're too close to what you wrote yourself. And, I can understand that. The creator's yes. curse. And this is a tough one to do because it can be hard to find someone willing to let you. But if you can edit, especially well, even above editing, pre-read, for someone who is a significantly better writer than you are that way, because you really, really have to think to give them useful advice to find things. And uh, early on in my reviewing career, Chris let me review a couple things for him, and I learned a whole lot by doing it. I'm I'm sorry, you said Chris. Is that a a name we should recognize? He runs the uh, One Man's Pony Ramblings blog. So, oh, uh, right, right, right. Oh, okay. That's been going on for years, and he's got a number of stories oh. on fin fiction too. Um, he doesn't get as much attention as he should, but he's a very good writer. And he's also Angels not too long ago, and he was one of the original curators of the Royal Canterlot Library. Oh, okay. Uh, is there a? Do you just go under the name Chris on finfic, or? I don't, I don't think we caught that. He's a big fan of uh, Carrot Top. Okay. Let's see. And then last but not least, from Lise. Wow, that was weird. Um, what is a question that you'd like to answer that no one has asked you? <laughs> That's a very tough question. I've gotten a lot of good ones already. Now, what would I want to answer? I could go on at length about minerals, but no one even wants to ask that. Let me stew on that one for a while. I might come up with something. Sounds good. Because now we have questions from Wanderer D. Yay, Wanderer. So before we get banned from Fem Fiction, number one. He's going to give us the D. Sorry. So you're a name <laughs> among names when it comes up to Femfic for both quality of writing and judging of quality. Given that everyone's a critic and people tend to disagree with what doesn't necessarily fit their expectation of what is good and isn't, what would you say to them regarding the subjectivity and validity of any criticism of their work? Criticism is always worth listening to. That doesn't mean you're going to get something out of it. And 
you have to take several things into account. Read it carefully, see what they're actually saying, and sometimes you'll find that they're not saying anything. If all they're saying is, I don't like this story, well, that's not anything that's useful to you. Um, it can help to look who's saying it if you happen to know that that person already has certain preferences and biases. Like if you've written a stupid random comedy and you know this person doesn't like stupid random comedies, then no surprise that they're complaining about this one. That doesn't mean you can just discount someone you've never heard of because you know there's up and comers coming out of nowhere all the time. Uh, but really listen to what the person says. And that's why as a reviewer, I try as much as I can to always explain things. I'm not just gonna tell you you did this wrong. It's here's how to do it right. Here's why it works better when you do it this way. So if someone's actually explaining something to you like that, then you can think about it. You can agree with it rather than saying or just taking their word for it that it needs to be that way. So uh, make sure that the, the person's actually giving you some sort of a reasoned argument. You have to take what they're saying. Even if they are making a reasoned argument, you may disagree with it. Um, and ultimately, it's your story. You, it can be whatever you want it to be. If you agree that what that person's saying makes it better, then by all means do it. But you don't have to change anything. You don't have to listen to what anyone says. Well, let me ask you this. Um, you, you use the, the phrase reasoned argument quite a lot, and I yes. wanted to follow up. Um, is a reasoned argument necessarily constructive criticism, and is constructive criticism necessarily a reasoned argument? Uh, constructive criticism should contain reasoned arguments if you expect the person to listen to it. Um, a reasoned argument in itself isn't criticism, but it supports criticism because it's it's going to justify what you're saying and try and convince the writer that they should be doing it that way. Okay. Very fair. I just wanted to get an idea of your thoughts. Number two, besides very specific cases, why should people use passive voice? We all narrow, know we know all the reasons why they shouldn't. So when is passive voice a good thing? Wanderer D, I love you for this question. Yes. This is a good question. It is a very good question. And it's a hard one to answer because it's one of those kind of, I'll know it when I see it things. Mm, yeah. What, what passive voice does, it transfers the attention onto the action from the object. Usually it's the object or the person because you want, you read, you read stories for the characters. You want to know what's happening to them and what details and things they're noticing around. So if you transfer the attention to the action, it better be a very important action and it better be a very interesting one. Uh -huh. So it's different people are going to have different opinions about when that's justified. Uh, Passive voice can also be used to good effect in situations where you want a character to feel powerless, like things are happening to them and mm -hmm. they're, they're stuck with the results of it and there's not anything that they can do about it. Those are probably the two biggest examples I can think of when it's, it's good to use passive voice. Um, I would add that it also can soften tone. If you're writing something that's particularly poetic, it can yeah, po poetry more slow and relaxed. Poetry ends up bending a lot of rules just because you've got so much structure that you have to obey. Mm -hmm. 
that now you're yeah, you're using non-standard word orders and and you can get away with a lot more in poetry because it's a lot more about the flow of it than the actual wording at times and i'm well, saying that um in, in very poetic fiction as well and poetic prose uh reflective things in particular are great for that yeah po poetic form and like, yeah poetic form blake verse aren't necessarily constricted by word structure syllables formatting they can read almost exactly like a story, just in more of a shorthand poetic way. And in that case, you know, passive voice isn't necessarily a bad thing. And that can take this form of a story or even a fan fiction. And I'll be honest, I will fight a bitch who tells me that you should never use passive voice. I will fight them. Send them to me. I will put up my dukes and we will we will have at. Like that, that I will break so out my English. hockey fights. I that will break so out my English hockey fight knowledge. I will there's there's really nothing in writing that I would say you absolutely can never do it. Yeah, I mean you shouldn't use passive voice when you're writing yeah. um, a scientific paper. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fiction, and someone's like, "Well, you shouldn't have used this sentence because it's passive." I'm like, I will punch you. Tell me why I should use a better sentence, but don't just tell me not to do it because it's passive. Because I will fucking punch you, and I will. I honestly will. In my experience, I write a lot of action scenes, and if you're trying to keep the perspective on one person dealing with a bunch of shit that's happening around them, for example, like warfare in a battle, passive voice comes in so handy, it is not even funny. If you're retelling a legend. It has long been said that. Uh -huh. Like, it, it, there's that too. I, I, I will punch people. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> I'll give you the hammer. It's fine. We're we're not gonna strike any stories off, you know, you know, the cutting room floor because it's using too much passive voice. Yes. So let's just let's just move on. Yeah. What Number I would three. say is, well, there are rules like that that it's good to practice when you're a beginner, but as you gain yeah. experience, then you learn when it's okay to break the rules and when it's actually mm. to your benefit to break the rules. Yes. Once you, you get go. a sense of that, then then all the rules go out the window. My writing teacher told me very strongly, learn the rules passionately so you can break them with intent. Yes, you want to break a rule because you understand what you're doing, you know what the baggage is, and you're accepting that rather than you didn't know what you were doing and you're taking the baggage uh, unintentionally, and you might mm -hmm. not even know what that baggage is. Good conversation. Good, good, good argument. We did it. Number three, according to Wikipedia, Pascoite was discovered in the Rang Ragra mine near Cerro de Pasco, Peru, where the mineral formed on the walls of an exploratory tunnel after its excavation. The specimens were transported by D. Does this mean that we're fated to work together? Obviously we are. Uh, I don't remember whereabouts D works now, but uh, I remember correctly. Uh, he's from somewhere out out west kind of i don't remember now but yeah there's a whole lot of pascoite out in uh nevada and utah and new mexico arizona area he's at least working with my relatives and yes we are fated our our, our fates are tied together forevermore wanderer it's good to know <laughs> all right uh now we have questions from cyberphase on geotdm who starts by saying number one would you think pony here is Thing Pony. If you have any questions about that, okay. Let me pop up this picture and have a look at Thing. Oh my word! What is this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we should start with okay. Warner compilation. Of... Would you? Mm, no. Ah, oh, poor Thing. All right. 
Number two. If you I'm know not what sure those are bedroom eyes. Come on. They're whatever you want them to be, baby. <laughs> Literally, it's thing pony. Anyway. Number sorry. two. If you know what a food pony is, which food and drink pony would you be friends with? Oh, Seth goes ape shit over pizza pony. I love Man. pizza pony. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which ones I've even seen. Uh, uh, soda, soda pony, pizza pony, pineapple pony, spaghetti pony. Uh, we got this. Burger well, pony. I saw I saw pineapple pony yesterday. If it's the the picture of the one saying that he's shit on pizza. Yes. Yes, he's shit. <laughs> yes. Uh, I would be friends with that because I agree with him. Well, um, I, I, by the way, I, people will be shocked to hear that I, I have a new pony that I'd like to, um, to waifu. Oh. Oh? Do tell. Nacho Please cheese pony. It's nacho <laughs> cheese pony. <gasps> she looks so sassy! I love her. She's, like, she's my new favorite. Like, she's nacho waifu! Oh, and she gets all that. Well, you knew that was coming. Well, you nacho see. cheese, nacho waifu. She goes great oh, with everyone. She drips all over the carpet, though. She <laughs> looks like she looks like lick be, her up. She looks like she'd be someone to spread the love with. Uh, wow! Oh my god! References. And <laughs> number three. <laughs> Which story have you reviewed that was surprisingly good despite the title? Oh, I immediate answer for that. Um, let me go look up the title. It will not take me long to find this. Uh, maybe it will take me long to find this. Dun dun dun. What was it about? Um, I will read you the description of it when I find it. Title is The World Within the Web. Mm, okay. Huh. Uh, let me find who wrote it. The World Within. Um, I am in the spreadsheet right now. There we go. It's by an author named Lord Max, The World Within the Web. I will pop up the description of it. And let's see. It's up the FemFit page right now. Okay. Across the great kingdoms of the internet, a new power has arisen. Climbing from the dark shores of the Chan, these men and women walk the web and commune with their mystical benefactors, strange and colorful figures from another world whom their followers know only as the six friends who are one. Carefully guarded peace exists between those who venerate the six and those who resist them, one that has lasted many years. Looms once again. A knight moderator and his squire lie murdered in a dying city state. Blame shifts to the blameless, and a small team of followers sworn to the generous and honest friends must sail across the world to prove their innocence and save their brothers. All the while, they must contend with the forces of a hostile court, an unrelenting judge, assassins, anarchists, sorcerers, and one of their own as well, the fanatical warden of all honesty. Beneath everything is a vast conspiracy, holding a secret that will shake not only the brony collective, but all of the world within the web. Awful. Yes, it sounds garbage. But you said it's really good. Sounds like when, Los Angeles, to be honest. When <laughs> people submit stories to a question daily, part of the form is an additional synopsis for stories that are incomplete, so that they will tell us what happens in the rest of the story. And that way we can help them filter out things like, oh, it sounds like you're going to cross over the gore line here, or 
I think you're going to have trouble with, uh, I want to see that written before we approve it or something like that. Yeah. So the, the additional comments that he put in here, see what he says. Because he at one point says, there we go, the story is essentially an exploration of what the internet might look like if it were reimagined as a complex fantasy world in which websites were nations and fandoms were religions. Among these fandoms is one dedicated to the veneration of the six friends who are one, whom this quasi-monastic order communicate with and serve. It just sounds terrible, like some sort of masturbatory, brony <laughs> of the web. But the story's really good. It surprised me. I went into it thinking, okay, I'm going to read three paragraphs of this and just decide it's junk. I read nine chapters of it, and I was really impressed with how well he pulled it off. Wow. Wow. And it's – actually, I am very pleased. I had not uh, called up the story page in a while. He's up to 3.5 thousand views on the story, whereas when we first approved it, he was struggling to get 100 views. All right. So we're going to try and rapid fire some questions because we are in our last 15 minutes, and we have over double that many questions. So uh -oh. Okay. Here we go. Number four. What have you reviewed that made you cringe, but you couldn't stop reading? Oh, I hate to say titles. It's one of okay. mine. Go ahead. Number five. Yeah, Cash just brought, brought it up last week. I'll just say that. Uh, okay. I love that story. It's, oh, I shouldn't, but I love it. Okay. Number five. Have you ever played a game back then that today could count as a classic or arcade game, and if so, which ones? Oh, plenty of them. Uh, I had an original Atari 2600. In fact, I still have it. I've got the original Nintendo, too. So, yeah, I'm out, but yeah, we had Pac-Man. All right, number was six. was first on Atari. Who is second best and worst pony and why? Second best and second worst or second best and? Uh, second best pony and second worst pony. Okay, second best is Applejack. We have my wife, country girl, blonde hair, big sense of family. I like her a lot. Second worst pony for me is Fluttershy, just because I find her boring. Yes. Uh, <laughs> upsetting me. You guys are hurting me. Uh, the next question is literally about food. We'll come back to it if we have time. So we're going to go to Random E 284 who says, Hi, Pasco White. I read a few of your stories a while back, just like thousands of other people have, except I'm special, right? So, number one, uh, when and how did you first start writing? I first started writing in 2011 because uh, I was looking for information on when season two was going to start, and a Google search took me to the Wikipedia page on bronies, which linked to Equestria Daily. Uh, I had a very low opinion of fan fiction at the time, but a couple of the stories posted on it seemed to appeal to me. I read them. I liked them, was impressed with how good they actually were, and figured, why don't I get into this? All right. Uh, when did you officially start reviewing? Officially started reviewing around oh, December 2012. Uh, I had put in a couple of my own stories into PonyChan, and their system is that while you're waiting for your story to be reviewed, pitch in and help and review one that's waiting. So I grabbed a couple because I knew I could at least do grammar well and help them out with that and been doing it ever since. Which episode of MLP do you hate that most others like? Is hate that most others like? Oh, I know there's got to be a couple. Um, I really do not like any of the ones dealing with uh, uh, Daring Do, usually. 
Mm. The last one was pretty good. Um, for the most part, I hate the ones that most people hate. I didn't like Mary Well. I didn't like Bats. Um, oh. I I hated uh, Dog and Pony. No, not that one. What's the one where the CMCs are doing the talent show? Oh, that was. Yeah. That... Oh gosh, <laughs> super early on with the bat singing. Yes. Yeah, I really didn't like that one, but a lot of people seem to. Okay. Uh, next question is: Which episode do you like that other people hate? Uh, Philly Vanilli. Oh. I love that episode. Anyway, well, you're you're a music person. Anyway, next. I am I'm a music, music person. person. I'm. A, you're a music person. I am a music person. I, High five. Uh, yes, I. I'm. Used to be ranked the third best high school age saxophonist in North Carolina, and I won several state competitions in composing classical music. Priest, drummer, and a brass band. Well, moving on. Okay. Hide so. your boner, priest. We don't have time for it. Okay. In your opinion, which character is the worst and why? Oh. Hmm. If we're gonna go for a character like that gets a ton of screen time, then my least favorite is Rainbow Dash, just because I find her always off-putting. She's kind of one note. I, I do get that people say, well, she's just confidence and she doesn't know how to show it, but still, I, I kind of get tired of her doing the same thing all the time. But I guess people say the same thing about Fluttershy. All right, which character do you find to be the most relatable? Uh, most relatable personally uh, would tough. That would be a uh, either Applejack, just because I'm I'm a cut the crap kind of person, or Twilight, just because person who's very science oriented. That's me. Okay. Uh, cheese. Cheese is good. What is your favorite kind of cheese, if any? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh. I'm gonna judge you on this, so so choose wisely. Yes, smoked gouda is probably my favorite cheese, but in smallish doses. Yeah, it's good melted. Uh, yes, it is on a grilled cheese sandwich. Yes. Oh. With 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 tomato soup. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Fuck Mary Kill seasons five, six, and seven of the show. Um, let's see. I'm having to remember which is which. I would say kill season six. Uh, fuck five, Mary seven. All right. Well done. Oh, we got a long one. So here we go. Uh, let me think of something. Okay, so imagine you're walking home from one evening from who knows where. Work or whatever. I don't know. It's pretty dark outside. Almost midnight. The streetlights are on and look really cool. Way cooler than you because you're uncool. You quicken your pace because all you want to do is get home and fucking sleep already. Who the fuck stays up this late? Since it's the weekend, you have plans to sleep half the day tomorrow. You pass an alleyway and you hear some scratching coming from it. Being the person you are, you stop walking and look inside. And you can see a cardboard box that's moving. It's pretty small. You cautiously walk up to it and peek inside. And you see a little orange creature that looks like a little pony, except it's smaller. About the size of a cat. It has a little mulberry-colored mane and tail, and since you're not stupid, you know it's Scootaloo. You stare at her in disbelief, and she looks up at you and looks scared for her life and backs into the corner of her little box. What do you do with her? I take her over to Rob Cakerin's house. Ah! Ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> Damn. Uh, <laughs> Rob Cakerin 53 wrote My Little Dashy? Yep. Rob Cakerin 53 wrote My Little Dashy! What? Was that the dude who wrote that story, My Little Dashy 2, Dash Harder? That's the same one! Are you talking about the author of The Whittler? 
Is that about the pony urinals too? <laughs> Rob is a totally chill guy. Uh, you met him at, at uh, BronyCon too, right? Yes, we we love oh, Rob is there. good friends for yes. all of us. Okay, yeah, Rob. Rob's great. Yeah. Rob regularly Rob. helps us out here on the cast. Well, all of us are familiar with him. Next. Okay. Uh, last but not least, from Random E. Uh, don't worry, I was joking. You're cool too, but not as much as the streetlights. Pat your head. Uh, Uwe Toll. Well, now I know he's a fire. <laughs> now, now I have questions from Uwe, Uwe Toll. Who says, please wear your pants. I am I am wearing jeans, thank you very much. Now to the quest. Are Number you wearing one. them where you're supposed to? I will not answer that. Uh, mm -hmm. I will plead the fifth. Number one, um, to the guest, do you also hate it when your clothes are disappearing? Uh, only when it's the underpants gnomes doing it. Number two, why do you give a shit? Uh, because otherwise my stomach hurts. You just gotta go sometimes. <laughs> Number three, why dose anyone give a shit? Why dose? Oh. I don't know. I've never tried drugs. <laughs> All right. Number four. What is your favorite element out of the platinum group and favorite element out of the halogen group? Uh, platinum group, my favorite is uh, rhodium. Halogen would be... Uh... Man, that was fucking quick. You must know your table of elements. <laughs> Moving on. We learned so much about our guests in such a condensed period of time. Uh, what is your favorite rare earth metal? My favorite rare earth metal is Einsteinium because it's just got a great name. That does. Hell yeah. Uh, let's see. Questions from Mobile Sam. How do you feel about potatoes? I find them tasty. It's a little bit dry sometimes, but man, you put enough bacon on it. What the fuck was that? I don't know. What? I, I, sorry, I was I was getting caught up by the next question is from Rape Spiders, oh, which has a question directly to me that says, "Do you miss us, priest? We miss you. Come play with us." Fuck no, I didn't like Dead Space. If you want more Dead Space, you're gonna have to subscribe to the Barcast Patreon. That sounded really smart in my head, and now it sounds really dumb. But Rape Spiders, <laughs> priest. You gotta play Dead Space 2, Priest. You gotta. But, but hey, I'm playing it. You need to, too. That's a good username. That reminds me. Whenever you get notifications that someone has added one of your stories to a group, the one I used to love, and I haven't seen it come up for over a year now, guy added about like three of my stories to a group called Stories Which Send Shivers Up My Anus. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when people have really creative names. All that right. Or very, very specific ones. We're almost there, guys. We can do this. Uh, questions from Ravage now. To the cast. What is your favorite story by our guest and why? I like Ambergris. I haven't read any because I'm garbage. I don't want to read. God damn it. Read, read, read those stories. I looked through his stories. I have one of his stories on my favorites. I forget which one now. I don't want to look mm -hmm. through it again because of time. He's a little bitch. Anyway. <laughs> to pass Coet. Uh, what story did you have the most fun writing? Uh, easily, Dinkin' Donuts. Which story did you least like writing? Oh, God. A friend of a not-so-different stripe. Uh, it's a Zakora story, and I, it takes me forever to do poetry. And I put so many rules on that. I, her, her couplets were perfect iambic pentameter, and she told a couple of Jesus. stories. Yes. And she 
she told a couple of stories and did not want them to be just couplets because she wanted to elevate them above her normal speech. So one of her stories was in sonnets and one was a villanelle. And it took me, it's like 4,000 words long. It took me like four Fucking months Jesus. to write that stupid thing. Jesus Christ. I, I respect you for that. <laughs> I will never do it again. Which story taught you the most? Oh, uh, that's got to be um, Control Freak. That many people have read, but I worked on that one for a long time. That, that took me like two and a half years to write. All right. You're standing in a sewer full of gray water. Water. That's up to your knees and making your way through this filth to escape from something. What is it and how badly would you be afraid of it? Uh, so I have no clue what this thing is. No, what is it? What are you, what are you fleeing? Okay. Um, hmm. Oh, I had a good answer for that a minute ago. Maybe I'm fleeing Titanium Dragon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, next question. Hi, Why... kid. TD's a good guy. <laughs> Why is Ned Flanders so gosh darn diddly doo dah sexy? Stupid sexy Flanders. Stupid <laughs> sexy Flanders. Oh, that, that reminds me. I'm in the midst right now of writing a story about Cloudy Quartz, and I love the stupid sexy Cloudy Quartz tag on Derpy Borough. <laughs> <laughs> Next. All right. Um, this one's in all caps, so I'm obligated to scream it, so hold on one moment. I don't. I'm not sure. I know what those are. Chicken tenders versus tenders versus chicken nuggets. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, tenders are less likely to be crammed together packets of dick meat. <laughs> totally fair. Next. How many children have you kidnapped in your panel van and indoctrinated to say diddly? Uh, you want me to count the ones that are in there right now that aren't through the processing yet? <laughs> Okay, uh, to all casters, uh, meet your, you meet your best pony, waifu, husbando, you talk a bit, and she, he or she reads your fanfics. How would ponies react, and how will the conversation continue? If Cadence read Parents' Night Out and still wants to deal with me, I don't know what to say. Fairy Punch would vomit all over herself because she's a drunk. Anyway, next. Amber, Amber would ask what those things on her chest were. I don't know what my Rarity would probably question a bit why I shipped her with Twilight multiple times. <laughs> hey, but Mono's okay with it. Monochromatic. So. Sure. <laughs> yes. Flam. Flam, stop being okay. dead. Shit. Fuck. Fucking Mike. I'm sorry. What was you going lost on? your chance. You lost your chance. That's fine. Next. That's fine. Uitol, would you eat it? Is this is? Are we trying to be set up to say the yes. N word again? I'm skipping that. No, fuck you. Okay, Bendy asks, would you sleep next to a pony and endure their farts all night long? What the fuck? <laughs> what would be the point? Unless you're... Uh, there's some people who keep trying to convince Seth that he should totally do a post on it. Oh, no. And last but not least, question from Latrius. You could hug a bat pony, would you? And if you could hug a changeling, would you? I don't see why not, except the changeling might turn into a magic moose, but uh, yeah, I'd hug the bat pony. You just gotta watch out for those wing claws. Scratch up your back. That's another thing Seth is obsessed with. 
He really likes the idea of helping the bat ponies clip their wing claws. Jesus, what? That's creepy <laughs> as fuck. They, they stick them in your ear and take out your earwax. Guys, and we did time! it! We did it! And time! We hit our two-hour mark, guys. We did Woo! it! We got through all the questions in the allotted time. Has passed so... by to the stud like that, Jesus. You you kept up. You really did. So, it's exhausting. It is. I'm sorry. So, without further ado, Pasquite, thank you so much for coming on. And for once, we had a guest that gave actual legitimate writing advice. Right. Oh, that, kids. So, Cassius didn't? No. I am so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, so what I really like about having a question a daily month is the amount of shit you guys have all said about each other. Yeah, you guys talk shit so much. <laughs> I keep bugging uh, Cassius about a story he never even wrote that was called Twilight Sparkle Burns Down the DMV. You see that picture? Oh. I know that picture! I love that picture! That guy <laughs> drew the cover art for Cassius for that story, and then Cassius never I wrote it. No. Like, way. did somebody write this? They didn't. No, Cassius never should, wrote. No, no. I thought to myself, maybe I should write this, and then I never fucking did because I was scared I would step on somebody's toes. And now I know. Now I know. So I'll do it. I'll be an asshole. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never finish Office Love. Anyway. <sighs> thank you, thank thank you, you for watching. Yeah, thank you for being on the cast, Pasquite. It was a lot of fun being here. Thank you. No problem. Join the broadcast, everybody. There, there's, a, there's a link. Blah 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 blah. Give us the readout, Bruce. Thank you for watching this week's broadcast. Be sure to tune in next week when we have Seventh Heaven, because Seth had to reschedule. Awkward. <laughs> he did. That's amazing. So, <sighs> your bartenders for this evening have been a non-pencil. Fuck you all with a stick. Mike Snipe. I don't want to have a stick hit me. <laughs> Enigmatic Otaku. Don't, don't forget to shake that stick twice. Flamin' Warfare. <laughs> Jokes on you all. I shook about six times the cast. Ravage. Das Vidanya, comrades. Of course, the wonderful Pascoite. Brains. My name is Blutter Priest. We've been joking this whole time about shaking pee out of our dicks. That was the joke. Have a good week. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. <laughs>